And now, enjoy this free Jason Modcast show. Carry on my way, one son. There'll be peace when you are done. Lay your weary head to rest. Don't you cry. Hey everybody, and welcome to episode 7 of Lupa's Bits. I am your host, Lupa, aka Stephanie. Yes, that is me. And this is like the third time I've started this. The first time I got like 12, 13 seconds in and realized it wasn't even recording. So, um, yeah. And then the second time I started, totally screwed up my intro. And uh, decided I really didn't want to suck right out of the gate. Save that for later into the podcast. Um... So here we are, round three, and I'm pretty sure it's episode seven. We're going to go with episode seven. If not, um, we're going to pretend it's episode seven. Okay? Okay. So how y'all been? I'm trying something a little different this time because um, I was told that the wireless headphones that I was using sucked. So um, I was told not to use them for podcasting anymore. And then um, the I had to replace my Apple headphones because I got a new iPhone and it's the one where you have to plug your headphones into where the charging jack is. So I went and they, they got broken. So I went and bought a new pair and I bought Apple headphones for my Apple iPhone. And for some stupid reason, unknown to me and probably anybody else in the known world, um... It decided to tell me that this accessory is not recognized by this device. I could be a Siri voice. I really could. So, um, even the splitters that I bought so that I could use my old headphones, you can only use them for audio. You can't actually use them to record anything. And the charger splitter that I bought so that I could charge my phone and use my headphones at the same time, this accessory is not recognized by this device. So... I don't know. It's the phone. The phone sucks. I'm not impressed. I can honestly say I'm not impressed with the iPhone 7. I would like to go back to, or the iPhone 8, which is what I think I have. iPhone 8. I would like to go back to, okay, something is like touching my leg and it's freaking me out. Oh, it's my towel. Yes, I'm podcasting poolside and I haven't quite made it in the pool yet. I'm looking at the pool because I just cleaned the pool deck. Um, That's a story and a half and I will share it with you. Why? Because this podcast is all about me. And my life. Which, actually, surprisingly, is very uneventful. Um, Not a lot happens to me. Well, except for today. I was a walking example of what not to do. My mom had pretty much... My mom has written me off as a klutz since I was a small child. There are hospital records that have cause of injury clumsiness. That would be me. So today um, I had very little sleep last night because I came down to my sister's and the room that I usually stay in is um, otherwise occupied. So I had to find other sleeping accommodations, which were the couch. Now, 
Oops. My nephew, being the amazing oh, nephew that he is, as soon as he saw me, launched his tiny little two-year-old body into my arms and hugged me tight and said, you're home. It was the cutest thing. So, of course, you know, my heart melted like a snowball in hell. And he asked me if I could get up with him in the morning and make him blue eggs. Because only Aunt Steffi makes blue eggs. And only Aunt Steffi knows how to make blue eggs, apparently, according to him. He's two. It's just food coloring, but he seems to think it's the most amazing thing ever. So I said, sure, I will get up with them. Not a problem. And I'm sleeping on the couch, so even if I wasn't getting up with them, it's the minute they came down those stairs, I would be awake. So I decided just, you know... Take out the middleman and just get up with them. So I couldn't sleep. I couldn't sleep. I couldn't sleep. Couldn't sleep. There's a lot of stuff playing on my mind. A lot of stuff bothering me. And um, I ended up chatting with a really good friend until I think it was about 3.30 in the morning. Um, now, in my defense to this conversation, and I know they listen to the podcast... In my defense of this conversation, um, I was very tired. <laughs> I had taken my, my bedtime meds. I have prescription pills that I have to take. So brain was fuzzy and not thinking as clearly as it probably should have been and was not um, interpreting what was being said in the correct way, in, in the intended way it was meant to be received. Wow. <laughs> I'm actually impressed with, the, with how I worded that. So, um, they were totally trying to be supportive and selfless and awesome. And I was not in the right frame of mind to take it as that. And the more I questioned what they were saying and, you know, the kind of, so this is what you mean. So, what you're trying to say, it, the worse it got. <laughs> the more they stumbled over their words and tried to explain what they were already explaining and re-explain, and I was picking up on all the wrong things in what they were saying instead of listening to the right things. So, yeah, it was a disastrous conversation, I do have to say. Uh, until the next day, when I, I had, was a little clearer, I had some caffeine in my system, and reread the conversation um, and understood what they were trying to say. I was going somewhere with this, and I'm, like I said, I've had very little sleep today, so I'm a little tired, so you're, I'm probably going to bounce all over the place. So anyway, so I was up till 3.30 chatting with them, and I'd had my alarm set for 7.30. So I think I fell asleep pretty sure I fell asleep. I'm not exactly positive I fell asleep. I remember lying there waiting to fall asleep. I remember lying there thinking, did I fall asleep? Maybe I fell asleep. I'm awake again if I fell asleep. If not, I'm still awake. I remember hearing my brother-in-law get up and he usually gets up about 4.30, 5 o'clock. Um, I remember hearing him puttering around getting ready to go to work, hearing him leave for work. And... Then I remember lying there waiting for my alarm to go off. Because you always wake up before the alarm goes off. 
And um, I remember the alarm going off, me hitting snooze. And then before the snooze went off, I thought, why am I lying here waiting for the snooze to go off? Why don't I just get up and go and make a cup of coffee? So I'm in the kitchen and I got the last K-cup in the thing out and put it in the, the Keurig. And we have a pot of coffee, like a coffee pot there too. And I'm like, oh God, okay. I need to like get some of this caffeine into my system first before I try and manipulate my brain enough to remember how to make a pot of coffee. I should not be in charge of making the coffee before I have had the coffee. I should not be in charge of having to make coffee at any stage, point in time, even if it is simply putting the grounds in, adding a cup of water and pushing a button because I will screw it up before I've had caffeine. Trust me, it has happened. I can give you references. Keurig is easy. Keurig's got water in it already. I put the little K-cup thingy in. I put the cup down. I pushed a button. Out comes to coffee. Coffee hasn't even come into the cup yet, and my phone goes off. It's my sister. My niece is awake. Oh, crap. Okay, I'm not going to get a cup of coffee before I have to face this cheery little child. So, off I go. Upstairs. Doo-doo-doo. Get the cheery little child. Come back downstairs. Coffee is in the cup. So, I'm trying to balance her on my hip. And I'm trying to make this cup of coffee. And I can't figure out why there is this resistance. Why she can't put her legs around me. And I'm thinking, she's not wearing a tight skirt. She's wearing pajamas. And then I remember, ah, she has her sleep sock on. So, she's basically in a bag with arms. Okay. Well, I need to take the sleep sack off of her. Still haven't had my coffee. Out to the living room we go. Lay her down. Get a diaper. Take her sleep sack off. Change your bum. Okay, you're good to go, Haley. Drop you. Put you on the floor. Off you go. Get halfway to the kitchen and I realize <coughs> I have not put the gate across the stairs. Now, these are the stairs going up, not going down. Gate Stairs going down have always had a gate. Ever since they moved into the house, there has been a gate. So, I'm like, uh-oh. I turn around, and there is my resourceful little niece, three-quarters of the way up those stairs. So, I go running over to her. Well, she sees me coming, lets out a whoop, and picks up speed. I am not caffeinated enough to do this. So, we grab her just as she crests the top of the stairs, giggling for all she is worth. But at least now I have her out of the sleep sack and she can sit on my hip properly and hang on to her. She's giggling and cooling away. She's pulling on my braids. I need coffee. Get into the kitchen. Get the coffee cup. Now has coffee in it. Put it on the counter. Open the fridge. No cream. Okay, I can deal with that. I'm okay with that. I can deal with milk. I used to have milk in my coffee all the time. I come to my sister's, I get a treat. I get to have International Delight French Vanilla Coffee Cream in my coffee. So, pour the milk into the coffee. Well, then I hear this little noise from upstairs. Good morning, good morning. 
My nephew is now awake. Uh-oh. Okay, I need to head him off at the pass before he goes busting into my sister's room and wakes her up. Because my sister still gets up every two hours all night long with my niece because she's nursing. And Haley has decided that she still wants to nurse every two hours all night long. She doesn't nurse during the day at all except at nap time. Bedtime, totally different story. Oh, by the way, I am podcasting poolside, which is why you have the echo and you hear the sloshing of water every now and again. So anyway, I go and I meet my nephew top of the stairs. He's, he's, he's kind of worm leaping down the hall going, good morning, good morning, good morning. I'm all I need coffee. And he sees me. He's, oh, good morning, Aunt Tuffy. You're still here. Oh, yeah, I am. All right, come on down. Let's go. I go into the kitchen and there is my brother-in-law's brother, Kurt, looking at my coffee. I did contemplate a variety of different ways that I could kill him and decided I'm just going to give it to him so he goes away. Because if I don't, then he's going to stand there and he's going to talk to me. And I am nowhere near ready to be talked to by an adult. I can handle a two-year-old. I can handle the gooing of an almost one-year-old. I do not want to talk to an adult before I am caffeinated. It's not going to be pretty. So I slide the cup over to him. And all I say is, there's no sugar in it yet. He looks at me, glazed expression. Apparently he's not real great in the morning either. I take the Keurig out. I put another one in. Because I did find more. While I was trying to reach the coffee grounds on the very top, tippy-tippy top shelf at the back, where when you're five foot three and you stand on your very tippy-tippy toes, the tips of your fingers can just barely touch it. And you think if you spin that Folgers container enough times, you'll get to where it's indented for gripping. And you might be able to grip it, except you forget that your thumb is shorter than the rest of your fingers. So then you try and spread your fingers to grip it. It doesn't work. So anyway, I found more K-Pods. So I put a K-Cup in, pushed a button, make the coffee. Get the milk again. Baby's still on hip, two-year-old now running around going, Good morning, good morning, good morning. Make the coffee, put the sugar into coffee. Take that first absolutely amazing sip of coffee. It was wonderful. And then I hear this sputtering and choking beside me and grumbling. There was grumbling. And I look over and there's Kurt with what almost looks to be his face caved in the oddest expression. He looks at me and he says, no sugar. Um, no. I told you, no sugar. Oh, no sugar. So I slid the sugar over to him and just walked away. Figured, you know, 
caffeine is probably going to raise his IQ. We'll let him have his caffeine and we'll figure it out later. So, into the living room I go. Now, the potty training, my nephew. He's doing really, really good. Get a text message from my sister. I take him pee and brush his teeth every morning. Oh, good for you. Oh, you want me to do that too? Okay. So I look at my nephew. Do you have to pee? No. Are you sure? As he's standing there holding himself, doing the pee-pee dance. Now, I have raised three children. I have potty trained my nephew, my other nephew, and numerous other people's children. I know what the pee-pee dance looks like. Especially for little boys. Because little girls kind of just cross their legs and curtsy and wiggle. Little boys will grip themselves like they're trying to pinch off a watering hose and dance around. And this is what he's doing. Are you sure? Huh? Okay. Well, Mama says we have to go brush your teeth and go pee. I have to go pee. Okay, fine. That's fine. But we still have to go brush your teeth. You have dragon breath. It's okay. So up to the bathroom we go. And he's still doing the pee-pee dance the entire way. We get into the bathroom. Okay, let's go pee. Okay. I put the seat down because they have this funky toilet seat that has the little potty training seat built into the toilet seat. You just lower it down. He gives me this look like I've sprouted three heads. I don't pee sitting, he says. I beg your pardon? I don't pee sitting. Well, how do you pee? Show me how you pee. And he did. He peed. Wow, did he ever pee? There's a lot of pee for his little tiny body. I'm telling you. Looks up at me all proud when he's done. I saved that all night, he says. (laughs) I'll bet you did. Because, I mean, your pull-up was bone dry, dude. So you must have saved that for about a week and a half. So he pees, we wash his hands, brush his teeth. Downstairs we go. Now, I have left the baby with the still mildly incoherent Kurt. It's okay to put the baby gate up because he went and got the baby gate so we could put it on the stairs so neither one of us had to actually chase her upstairs. And put the baby gate across the room where the toys are so she can't get out. She hasn't figured out all she has to do is slide the gate. Now, my two-year-old nephew has figured that out. My one-year-old niece, not so much. She will. Trust me. She's a smart one just like he is. So, in we go. And I grab my clothes. I'm like, okay, I'm going to get dressed. Go upstairs, get dressed, come back downstairs. And my niece is starting to walk. And she walks a fair distance. She's getting really good at it. So, she's walking all around me and hanging on, walking all around me. And then she lets go. So, I scooch back. Come here. She's toddling along over to me. Well... My nephew gets his nose out of joint because I'm his Aunt Teffy, apparently. He doesn't really want to share. So he comes and jumps onto my lap. Well, Haley doesn't think this is just a brand new game. So she goes around behind me and jumps on my back. And next thing I know, it's Aunt Teffy, the jungle gym. And then I hear this little voice in my ear as, you know, he's climbing up me. I want blue eggs. Okay, fine. Let's go have breakfast because at least... 
when I'm when you're eating, you're corralled. You're in your booster seat, you're in your high chair, I can breathe. So into the kitchen we go. And I'm thinking, what am I going to do with this baby? Oh, Kurt, you've had a half a cup of coffee, take this child. I can't do all of this with one hand. I can't even crack eggs with two hands. I have to pick shells out every single time. So he's got the baby. I got the two-year-old. Two-year-old likes to sit on the counter when you're cooking and watch what you're doing. He seems to think he's helping. Okay. Well, I have to put the dishes away first. Because they made this really nice meal for me last night. There was steak and shrimp and mushrooms and onions and um, rice. And yeah, it was really good. So I have to put the dishes away. Now, my sister has this habit of deciding after a month or two of things being in a specific spot that she doesn't like them there anymore and she moves them. So my best defense in that is, hey, Everett, where's this go? Because he knows where everything goes at any point in time, wherever she has moved it to. And he will tell me why it's there. So we get all the dishes put away and get them up there, get out the food coloring, get out the eggs. Okay, we're going to make blue eggs. I want red eggs. Oh, Dude, and I tried, I really, really did. I tried to convince him that red eggs just did not look right. There's just something inherently wrong about red eggs. I can't, I can't, uh. So put the food coloring in, we're having red eggs. Now, he was not impressed because when you mix dark red and yellow and white or clear, you get pink. So he ended up with pink eggs, which all of a sudden are not his favorite color anymore. He said they didn't taste right. Pink eggs don't taste like blue eggs, apparently. No, there is no flavor in this food coloring at all. It is regular, normal, average, everyday food coloring. Thank God he likes fruit and toast because he didn't eat his pink eggs. I think they're kind of cool looking. They were marbled because there was a little bit of white and kind of cool looking. It wasn't as horrific as I thought the red eggs were going, because I've made the red eggs before, and they were horrific. Looked like a crime scene on a plate. So he doesn't want to eat the eggs. Haley's eating the eggs, but she's also throwing the eggs everywhere she could possibly throw them. He's eating the blueberries. She's sucking back on the watermelon, because they have fruit for breakfast every morning as well. I'm still trying to get through my first cup of coffee at this point. So, oh, excuse me. Told you I was tired. Um, feeding the kids, all of a sudden, my nephew, I want to go back to bed. I don't want to be up anymore. Uh, no, no, no. You've been up, you've played, you've peed, you've brushed your teeth, played some more, we made breakfast, you're eating breakfast. You can't go back to bed now. That is not an option. I want so he starts whining. It's like, oh, it's going to be one. So down in more coffee. And I look over at my niece, and she's eaten all of her watermelon, plus the white part, and is now trying to eat the rind. Like, oh, honey, that can't be good. So take it away from her. I'm thinking, I'm not going to survive this. There is no way I'm going to survive this morning. I, I'm, they're going to kill me. They are. They're going to kill me. So 
I get a text message from my sister. Is H ready for nap yet? H meaning Haley. <gasps> yes, yes, she is. So whip her upstairs. Apologize for the fact that I forgot to put a bib on her. So the entire front of her pajamas is now soaked with watermelon juice. Come back downstairs. Get the nephew down. 20 minutes later, my sister comes down. I'm like, yay, I'm off duty. Awesome. Because I, I, I need another cup of coffee by this point in time and a nap. I, I don't know how people can do it at my age. Having another child, like a baby. I No, 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 nay, nay. I, I like my nieces and my nephews. I like coming and spoiling them. I like hanging out with them. Um, could not, could not do a baby full time every day. Could not. I don't, well, I mean, I could if I had to, but, um, yeah, I mean, there are times when I look at Haley and it's like, oh, I want another baby. Um, little impossible at the moment. Well, it's a little, regardless of whether I'm in a relationship or not, it is just impossible for me to have another baby. Um, I had some girly problems with the girly bits and they removed the playpen and um, all of the good stuff. You know, they, they removed the nursery and left the, the incubators, the eggs. Anyway, so it would be impossible. But that being said, you can always adopt. I'm looking at this baby and I'm thinking, oh, I would love to have one of these again. They're just so cute and they smell so good. And, and oh, wait, there's no sleep. And they don't smell good all the time. And they cry. And when they're yours and they cry, you can't hand them off and give them back. Because they're yours. So then it's like, mm, I like being an aunt. Because then I can go home, regroup, recharge, and come back. And right now I'm that cool, traveling gypsy-like aunt that kind of just, you know, can pick up and go whenever. My sister called me. She says, you really are a pick up and go girl, aren't you? Because it's like, want to come for a visit? Oh, yeah, I want to come for a visit. Let's go for a visit. And she's like, well, when's good for you? And I said, I can come tomorrow. And she's like, oh, I said, I can just pick up and go. Don't worry about it. I can pick up and go. Um, and I do. I picked up and went last weekend to go and babysit my grandson down here for a few days to visit my sister, off to see a friend next week, maybe for a day or two. I can come and go as I please. Pick up odd jobs for some pocket money. Um, and I mean, I'm still writing. That's who I am. I'm a writer. And regardless of how hard it is, and contrary to popular belief, this is hard for me. Um, I say that only because my last podcast ruffled a few, a few feathers. Some things that I said were misinterpreted and um, I was questioned on my actions, my motives, my things that I'm doing, things that I've said. And it took me about a minute and a half to remember 
I am a grown-ass woman. I can do what I want, when I want, and I do not answer to anybody but myself. I am not responsible or beholden to anybody but myself. And the person who gave me the problem about last week's podcast needs to understand that. My children are grown. They are adults. They have lives of their own. My marriage, we are separated, which means we are not together. We have lives of our own. We are still good friends. We will remain good friends. But he doesn't owe me any explanation as to what he's doing. And I do not owe him any explanation as to what what I'm doing. And I do not owe my children an explanation as to where I'm going, who I'm seeing, or what I'm doing. And if they have problems with that, that is not... See, that is something that I'm learning. What is a lupa problem and what is not a lupa problem? And the way somebody else feels about how I'm choosing to live my life and conduct myself and the direction that I am choosing to go in is not a lupa problem. It's their problem, not my problem. Now, if I'm doing things that are harmful to myself, if I'm doing things that are detrimental to my physical health, my emotional health, my mental health, and somebody steps in and says, hey, excuse me, we need to talk, then yes, it is a loop of problem. And I probably should pay attention. But being upset because I'm not moving back home to be the nuclear family is not my problem. I will help you through it. I will be here to answer questions as best I can. Not my problem. That's your problem. So, those are things that I'm learning. What are my problems and what are problems that belong to somebody else? Because I used to take on a lot of other people's problems. I make them my own. And try and fix them and try and solve them and try and help them in any way, shape, or form that I could. And I would get very emotionally invested because I was trying to avoid the emotional or lack of emotional investment that I had in my own life. So I would get very emotionally invested in somebody else's life. And when things didn't go the way I thought they should, I would be devastated, almost like my heart had been broken or you know they had done me wrong instead of whatever they were doing so I'm also learning to not do that to live my own life and let other people live their lives if you ask me for advice I will tell you how I feel and what I think and give you suggestions what you do with it is your problem not mine your business not mine And I'm not letting people drag me into their drama anymore 
because when I get dragged into other people's drama, I try and fix it. I try and solve it. I try and make it better. I try and take on their role in it, their pain in it, so that they don't have to feel it. That's not helping anybody. Certainly not helping them. Certainly not helping me. And these are things that you can do, even if you're in a relationship, you can do these things, you can implement these steps and procedures into your life and avoid a lot of crap. They're called boundaries. (laughs) Who knew? Who knew you could set boundaries? Um, And I'm learning to set my boundaries because I don't think I've ever really had boundaries set in stone boundaries that I stand firmly by and I will fight you tooth and nail to protect those boundaries. You will respect those boundaries. And I don't think I've never had that before. Um, prime example, anything I would get into the house, new piece of clothing, makeup, um, hairbrush even didn't matter what it was. My daughter would take it. I want to use it. She would use it. Wouldn't even ask. I want to wear it. She would wear it. Wouldn't even ask. And I would get mad at her and I would yell at her and I'd be like, come on, that's mine. Respect the fact that it's mine. But I never clearly enforced the boundaries. I mean, I, in all rights, could have put a lock on my door. That's it. Stay out. You're not welcome in here. You can't be trusted. Leave my stuff alone. I never enforced the boundaries. And now that I'm living alone and I put something down and I go away for however many days to go visit my sister or whatever, and I come back and it's still in the same spot, it completely baffles my mind. Like, what the hell? It's still there. Nobody's taken it. Nobody's moved it. I clean something. It stays clean. I put something away. I've lost things that way because I've put something away and I expect out of habit to see it reappear wherever it was put away from or reappear in a new spot. So then I go looking for it. Where the heck did I put that? And there it is. I put it away. It's in the same spot where I put it away. I buy food, my favorite foods, some of the things that I really, really enjoy and I put them in the fridge. I said, I'm going to save them for a special night. Now, before, I'd go to the fridge and it would be half gone or all gone. I was hungry. Now I go to the fridge and it might be frozen because this is a trailer fridge and it operates weird. I'm still trying to figure it out. There is no temperature setting. I can't change the temperature. Trust me, I've read the book. Literally, I've read the book. Um, but it's still there. I can still eat it any way I want. I can take dill pickles out of the jar and dip them in cheese whiz and nobody says nothing. I want to eat peanut butter off a spoon out of the jar. I'm allowed. So I do. Although I don't have any peanut butter, so I haven't done that yet. But, you know, you, you get the idea. I'm discovering my freedoms. My, um, because I've never really, like, had that, um, I was a mom at 18 years old, so there's these two little people looking at you. You have to be responsible. You have to set a good example. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you can't eat peanut butter out of the jar with a spoon, because if you do, then your small child is going to want to eat peanut butter out of the jar with a spoon. 
Now, if you care to share that with your grown-ass adult child, then that's fine. They're grown, they're adults, they can make that choice for themselves. And what's really cool is when I did share it with my grown-ass adult child, he looked at me and went, well, duh. (laughs) He does that too. (laughs) Or, you know, you get a thing of chocolate icing and you eat it like you would pudding. My daughter-in-law does that. My mom does that. I didn't know that was a thing. I did it and thought that I had discovered this new way of eating chocolate fudge icing. Nope. But then again, that was also why I was 260 some odd pounds. Um, Because I sat on my couch and I ate. So you need to, the point I'm trying to make with all this is whether you're in a relationship or not, whether you've just gotten out of a relationship or you're thinking about starting a relationship, make sure you have clearly set boundaries. Where you're willing to go, what you're willing to give up or do, and what you're not willing to tolerate. Because if you don't have boundaries, then... People think that they, you are limitless in what you will accept. And they don't understand when you kind of reach a point where you're like, whoa, no, 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 not acceptable. Not acceptable. I, I'm not accepting this. I'm not doing this. And they look at you like, well, what the hell's wrong with you? You've never said anything before. So make sure you set boundaries. And I'm learning where my boundaries are what I am willing to accept, what I'm willing to settle for, which is very little right now. I am not willing to settle for much. Um, And I'm learning what I want and what I don't want. And not just in relationships or like friendships, relationships like friendships or um, romantic involvements. And yes, I say that with an S, but that doesn't mean that there are any or more than one. Um, But in family relationships as well, clear, defined boundaries. Because family is the biggest offender because they're family. And a lot of times family thinks that they can get away with a lot of stuff because they're family. And it doesn't matter if it's your sister, doesn't matter if it's your brother, doesn't matter if it's your mother or your father. Clearly defined boundaries, what you're willing to accept, what you're willing to not accept, how you expect to be treated and what you will not tolerate. If you have children, then you need to set boundaries You are the parent, not them. Especially if they are are, um, overbearing. And I do know some families that do have overbearing relatives that will try and run roughshod over how you want to raise your children in favor of how they think they should be raised. And it's not always the way they've raised their own children. Which is hilarious because it's like, you didn't do that with your own kid. Why are you telling me I should do that with mine? Set the boundaries and stick to them. I mean, if you upset some, you're going to upset some people. You're going to piss some people off. And they're going to be angry and they're not going to talk to you for a while. Which, you know, sometimes in and of itself can be a blessing. But boundaries, 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 boundaries. 
need to set boundaries. My personal life, which is all over this podcast, of course, <laughs> is nobody is technically nobody's business but my own. I choose to share it on this podcast because this podcast is about me. And I am a lot of things. I am, first and foremost, a woman. I'm a human being. I'm a person. I'm a friend. I'm a sister. I'm a daughter. I'm a mom. I'm an ex. I was a wife. But I'm so much more than that. I'm the editor of a really, really kick-ass magazine. I am so proud to be part of that magazine. I am a writer of short stories and poetry. I am a writer of a series. I am a writer of books. Books with an S. Books. And I think I've forgotten some of that along the way. That I'm not just a podcaster for a magazine. I'm not just an editor. I'm not just a sister or a mom or a friend or whatever. I'm more than that. There are more pieces of me than just that. And each piece connects to the next piece. Because I'm a writer, connects to the fact that I'm an editor, connects to the fact that I'm a podcaster, connects to the fact that working through a lot of my emotional issues on said podcast made me an ex. I'm not saying that's a bad thing. It helped me work through a lot of things and came to a lot of realizations and I made some very hard life choices. Um, Being a mom makes me care about my listeners and when I get messages, I really connected with what you said. I'm here for you. I want to be there for them. I care for the people that I've met through the magazine that I work for, The World of Myth. Um, I care for them. I really, truly care for them. And I think I'm kind of like the magazine den mother. And I needed to remember that I was more than that. I needed to remember who I was before I was that. And that's what this podcast is about. It's about rediscovering me. Remembering who Lupa was. Because 99% of my friends that have known me for more than... See, I, I tend to keep friends like a really good sweatshirt for a really long time. And they get a little tattered and they get a little old and they get a little worn. But I've had them forever and they're comfy and they're soft. And I like to curl up in them and they're warm. So, yeah. I say new friendship, that means... New is anything that is less than five years. Um, I have friends 
the person that I'm living with right now, her and her husband, I have been friends with them for 15 plus years. And it was actually, we had a campfire, a bonfire um, last weekend, I think it was. And I was the youngest there for one, which was kind of cool. I was also the youngest relationship with any of them there by a lot because everybody knew each other for 40 years or more. They had known each other since they were preteens. They had all grown up together. All of them. But me. But me. So it was a weird experience. I'm thinking, I've known these two people for 15 years. I've known that person for seven I've known that person for six. But it's not even a drop in a bucket compared to how long they've all known each other. It blew my mind. And then I realized I kind of keep people around for a long time before... I mean, I've ended friendships that have lasted 10 or more years. It takes a long time before I wipe my hands and go, okay, you know what, this is not working, I'm done, I'm out. Moving on. So, I was going somewhere with this and I completely forgot the train that I was... Train left the station and forgot to bring me with it. <sighs> well, that's going to bug me now. I can't remember what I was, where I was going with this. But, oh yeah, right. I'm, I need to rediscover who Lupa was. Because all these people that have known me forever all know me as Lupa. Because for a very long time, I put Stephanie away. Only my family, my blood family, called me Stephanie. And even to this day, the name sounds weird. Um, and I was Lou. I was Lupa. Hey, Lou. For a while, I was a pool because I have a very smart-ass friend. Uh, which is Lupa backwards. Um, but when I was Lupa back then, I was happy. I was free. I was creative. I was mysterious. I was that airy, floaty gypsy with the jingly belt and the bracelets and the flowers in her hair and the knots and the dirt and everything. And I thought I was happy. And I mean, to an extent, to a degree, I was. I need to rediscover who that person was. Um, because she is a part of me. She is a part of who I am. She's a big part of where some of my creativity comes from. Um, especially with my poetry. I need to integrate her with Stephanie. I need to mix the two. And it used to be my line, and never the two shall meet. <laughs> but I think it's time I'd introduced the two of them and integrated the two of them, the best parts of both of them. And let go of a lot of pain and um, guilt for things that happened to me 
in my past that were not my fault, were not my responsibility. And we're going to touch on those in the next few episodes. Um, because like I said, this is my journey. This is my, almost like my diary. And y'all get to listen in. Um, and if what I say, if what I go through, if what I discover helps somebody or inspires somebody or makes somebody question a situation that they're in and examine it closer. And all right, I'm okay with that. I have nothing to hide. I really don't. Um, you ask me a question and I will answer you honestly. I may not tell you all the details because some of the details are very painful for me and very hard for me to talk about, but I will tell you what I can, um, enough that you will understand what I'm saying. I am an open book. I never used to be an open book. Um, I used to keep a lot of things hidden. I used to keep a lot of things secret. I used to, um, keep a lot of my feelings and my emotions and my anger to myself. Not anymore. If I got something to say, I'm going to say it. If I got something to do, I'm going to do it. If I want something, I'm going to go after it. If I don't get it, okay. I'm going to go back over here and lick my wounds. But I'm going to get back up. I'm going to try again. So, welcome to my diary. (laughs) This is my TED Talk. This is my journey to the bits of Lupa that I need to rediscover. This is my journey to the bits of Stephanie that I need to integrate into Lupa. Hence the name Lupa's Bits. And I make, you know, sexual innuendo jokes about the the name of this podcast all the time. Because that's part of who I am. I can turn anything, any comment, any expression, any saying, I can make it a sexual innuendo in the blink of an eye. Because I'm very comfortable in my sexuality. I'm very comfortable in the topic of sex. It's not taboo with me. It's not dirty with me. It's not um, a no-no subject. And it shouldn't be. I'm very comfortable with now, with my body, with the human body. Um, So, yeah. (laughs) I'm a flirt. I am an incurable flirt. Ask any guy that knows me, they will tell you. I do it as naturally and without even knowing that I'm doing it, like breathing. I am a huge flirt. And I've dated guys in the past that didn't quite understand that. They're kind of like, oh, you're flirting with him. You like him. And I could do what now? I'm what? No. Because I don't even know I'm doing it half the time. It's just my personality. It works great when you work in retail, bestseller in retail, but that's part of me. That's part of who I am. Now, there is a difference between my casual flirting with a stranger or a friend 
and flirting with somebody I'm interested in. And if you know me, you will see the difference. You will know the difference. So, yeah, this is, this is about incorporating who I am, all the parts of who I am, and remembering all the parts of who I am, that I'm not just an editor, that I'm not just a mom, that I'm not just a mentor, that I'm a writer, I'm an author, I have a voice. So, welcome to that. <laughs> Terribly sorry, but you know, this is what you signed up for when you decided you were going to listen to my podcast. But it's 51 minutes and a whole crap load of seconds. So I think I'm going to end this here and I'm going to go for a swim. And then I am probably going to go and fall and get some much needed sleep because my sister signed me up for a whole lot of heavy work tomorrow. Like we're talking digging dirt work. So yeah. There's going to be some painful TikToks tomorrow night. I can guarantee it. Okay. Well, I'm going to talk to you guys all later. And I hope you all stick around. I really do. Um, don't forget to tune into Myth Bits next week. Um, I have a rather important announcement regarding that podcast and things that are going to happen with that podcast. So, uh, yeah. Until Monday. This is... Lupa, a.k.a. Stephanie, and that is me. And I will talk to you all next week. Bye-bye. Carry on my way, well, son. There'll be peace when you are done. Lay your weary head to rest. Don't you cry. Don't you cry.